Um, Lord, I thank you and I'm grateful for you. I just pray, Lord, that you open up our eyes and ears to receive your word and leave here changed. Uh, we're grateful that we can serve and worship together in this community. And I just pray, Lord, that you speak uh, through me as we continue on. In Jesus' name I pray. So uh, being a new member has its perks. I get to speak. So that's pretty great. Um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful that everyone is here. I have a quick story, um, if I can share that with you. So as most of you know, I grew up with my grandma. And she loved one thing a lot, arguably more than she loved me. And, and that was the restaurant Denny's. I don't know if you guys have ever ate there before. Yeah, so obscure. But whenever it was her birthday or a time of celebration, I would always tell her, okay, Grandma, where do you want to go? Anywhere you want to go, just pick it. We could go anywhere you want. And she was just so simple, and she would always say, Denny's. And I would, really? Yeah. And so what do you think we would do? We would go to Denny's every single time. And so, of course, we would enjoy our time together, our Denny dates, as we would call them. And as we're talking, and of course, the end of the meal comes, and my grandma, every single time, always says, okay, um, I'm going to pay. Every single time, my grandma would always want to pay, and her and I would have a back and forth, and of course, I would eventually win, but then she would say, well, then can I pay the tip? And I would say, of course you can. Like, and so we would compromise in that way. And so my grandma was so simple in being somebody who raised five kids of her own and then three grandkids, but what's so beautiful about that is, is she was always ready to pay the bill. Every single time we met together, always ready to pay the bill, right? And so she would always say, check, please. And she, was always, she would always have money in her little envelope, and she would always take it out, and she would pay. And it was so cute and precious, but she was always ready. And the reason why I share that is because much like our faith, are we ready to pay the bill in a sense? Or as what the Bible says, are we ready to drink the cup, right? Drink the cup of suffering. And as we know, and as we're going to talk about today, that cup is a cup of self-denial, right? Talk about a bitter drink that we have to drink and swallow, this cup of self-denial. And that's what we're going to be talking about Today, So we're going to talk about how following Jesus is not easy. Can I get an amen on that, right? Just some days it's a little tough, right? When you don't have your morning coffee, it's a little tough to follow Jesus sometimes. Um, and so we're going to talk about how it's really uh, difficult sometimes, uh, how we need to deny ourselves and follow Jesus. And then we're also going to uh, talk about some steps um, in order to do so. And so... In a little bit, in a few minutes, we're going to read some excuses in the Bible that people have said of why they didn't want to come to church or why they didn't want to follow Jesus. And before we dig into the Bible and the scriptures, I'm just going to share some examples. So a question was asked to a group of pastors, what are the most obscure reasons that people have missed church? And I'm going to share a few of them with you. So the first one is, we were out of peanut butter. Not lying, actually true. Second thing was I was too drunk, honest. Um, both of my girlfriends attend that church. Uh, my kids take naps during that time. Sometimes so do I. Um, the pastor stays in the Bible too much. Weird, right? Going to church to read the Bible to talk about Jesus is super weird. Um, the next thing is they couldn't get their lid off of the peanut butter. Not lying to you. 
And so these are real examples. And so in light of that, I have brought um, an example of a peanut butter jar. So I don't want to give anybody the excuse on not to come to church, so we're going to do it together, okay? Are you ready? So the excuse was they couldn't take the lid off of the jar, and they ran out of peanut butter. Thank you. Thank you. And it is full. I just bought it today. Does anybody need peanut butter at their house? Anybody need peanut butter? Anybody want it? Really, I'm giving this away. Anybody want it? Right over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to come get it, though. Yes. You have to get Yes. Yes. So we want to see her at church next week. Keep an eye out for her. We're going to make sure that she's here. You can keep the bag, too. Um... Other excuse or reasons, I guess we could say, uh, we got burned out by the church and I've been taking a break for the past seven years. <laughs> That's a long break and my favorite, it's too early. And so I'm sure that we've all struggled with those, waking up and making your toast and you don't have any peanut butter, what do you do, right? And so as we're going to talk about, usually in our faith, we also have some excuses. And before we move on to the scripture we're going to read, I have a few examples from the Bible of people who made excuses, not necessarily to go to church, but to follow Jesus or to focus in or lean on him. Jonah, as you guys know, um, he didn't want to go preach to his enemies, so he decided to get on a boat and go the opposite way. Uh, Moses thought he didn't have eloquent words, so instead he had somebody else speak for him. He said, Lord, I can't do it. I stutter too much. Abraham said, um, how can I be the father of many nations when I don't even have kids? Jeremiah wanted to die because people just weren't believing and he was so depressed. Timothy was told to drink um, some adult drinks so that he could um, overcome his stomach pain. And John Mark gave up on Paul and Barnabas during their first missionary journey. They don't really say why, but maybe it was because it was too difficult or not what he signed up for um, or something that he didn't enjoy. So as we know, we live in a world that there's just a million reasons not to do things. And so we're going to read three examples from the Bible of when God called people, hey, follow me, and then their responses to that call. In Luke chapter 9, verse 57 it says this, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And so what is it talking about here? Here in this specific context is Jesus has a whole bunch of people around him. And so they're there for healing or there to listen to him. And somebody says, Jesus, I will follow you, right, to get everyone's like approval and everyone look at me, look at what I'm doing. And Jesus' response is so interesting, right? Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know what Airbnb I'm going to go stay at, right, or, or where I'm going to be, what church I'm going to sleep at. I don't even know what I'm going to do. So this life of following me, it isn't that glamorous, right? It's a road of difficulty. And as we're going to learn, self-denial, as the story goes on, Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And so in this context, some scholars say that the person's father wasn't really dead, but instead he was saying, 
wait until my father dies because he's older, and so let him pass first, and then I will follow you, right? And I, and I think Jesus' response is not usually a response you would hear from a pastor, right? And I think that's so interesting. Let the dead bury their dead, but you proclaim the kingdom of God. And I think what he's saying there is not necessarily like give up on your family and, and just don't love on them, but he's saying proclaim the kingdom of God. Like, like where are you at with teaching Jesus or sharing the gospel or inviting friends to church? And I think it's so interesting that he re focuses his thoughts, right? Like proclaim the kingdom of God. Don't worry about what you have to do, but go and do things according to what I have told you. And as the story goes on in verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, which is our memory verse for this upcoming week, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And I think that's so interesting, right? Because we live in a culture where, hey, if you didn't come to church, that's totally fine. I'll see you next week, right? Oh, you haven't read your Bible? Like, oh, that's okay. Like, keep trying. Like, start a verse a week, and which is healthy and important, right? Because we all have to start somewhere, right? But some of us are past that verse a day, but yet we're still living in that verse a day. And I think it's so interesting that Jesus says, Anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God, right? Just like Paul said in Philippians, I press on towards the goal to reach the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus, right? And then uh, Paul in Acts chapter 20, right? Like, it, like my life is worth nothing to me if only I may proclaim the kingdom of God and focusing in on this idea of self-denial, right? When we're going along our faith, it's easy to look back and to wonder or to question, right? And it's a lot more difficult to keep moving ahead. When you feel discouraged, it's difficult to move ahead, right? When you feel like the weight of the world's on your shoulders, it's difficult to move ahead, right? When you haven't spent time in Jesus for three weeks, it's hard to get back in that and move ahead. And if you're there and you have these reasons, I just want to let you know that you're not alone, right? And that's what's great about the church is we can lean on each other and encourage each other all the time. And so although we have these reasons, um, you are not alone. And so um, take hold of your excuses and don't let them determine your steps. There's a quote that I've heard and it says this, if it is important to you, you will find a way. If it is not important to you, you will find an excuse. And I think that's so true, right? Beyond church, right? Let's think about personal goals. It's been the new year, right? And then what new year's resolutions have we kept? Has anyone like really kept a new year's resolution? Nice. My two boys right here and Liam Fournier, who's not here, we have all kept our new year's resolution and it was this. So, so check this out. Okay, this is a praise moment for me being the youth director. Not even me. I didn't even decide to start this. Uh, but Abe, Samuel, and Liam all sat down together and Andrew and decided, hey, you know what we should do this year? And these are freshmen and sophomore boys. We should read the Bible in a year. Like, I've never heard that before. And so what do you think they've been doing? They've been reading the Bible every single day for a year, 76 days, 75, I don't know. Yeah, isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Yeah. And for a long while, I actually was way behind, <laughs> and I had to catch up, and they were setting that example for me. But I love that quote, if it's important to you, you'll make time for it, 
right? And, and to, for some reason, these, these boys determine that reading the word in God is important to them. So they're going to make time for it. And so we can have a million excuses or reasons not to do things, but let's lean in on the reasons why we should. And the reasons why we should when it comes to that example is because it draws us closer to God and encourages us. It lifts us up. And so the second thing we're going to be talking about today is Jesus called us into self-denial or he called us to pay some sort of price in our relationship with God or just our daily life and daily living. In Luke chapter 12, verse 25 through 27, it says this, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate mother and father and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Man, does anybody feel the weight of that verse? Like, that's huge. And as we're continuing our series, Journey to the Cross, right, and as we're approaching Easter, it's important to reflect or to think about our motives or the reasons why we do the things that we do. And so what I think is so interesting is here Jesus actually breaks all the rules on how to become a megachurch 101. Like you don't share these things that you have to hate your mother and father and deny yourself and follow me if you want to start a megachurch. Like those are things you just don't do, right? Like, like at pastoring school or whatever, like they don't like necessarily focus in on those things because they're unpopular things. But instead they focus on things that are going to scratch your ear or make you feel good or whatever those things are. But what Jesus is really saying there when he's saying you have to hate your mother and father, right? Um, so students here, that's not a license to say you hate your parents, okay? That is not a license for that. Don't say it. Maggie's shaking her head. Uh-oh. Um, so as we approach scripture, really what Jesus is saying is you, you should cherish me so much that your love for your spouse or your kids doesn't even compare to how much you care about me, right? Self-denial looks like caring about Jesus more than we care about our own lives, more than we care about ourselves, focusing in on who Jesus is. And so the call of a Christian in every aspect of our lives is self-denial. It's saying no to things at home, right? As a husband or as a Christian leader, it means self-denial, right? God has called you to love your family. And sometimes that's hard, self-denial. Why? Because when you go home, what do you want to do? You want to kick your feet up and you want it to be all about you, right? All about you, right? Come feed me, come massage my feet, come take care of me, put my shows on. Your shows are lame, I can't watch that, right? It's all about me, but God has called us to self-denial. At church, he's called us to self-denial, right? There's a bunch of reasons why we shouldn't do things, but there are important reasons why we should. For example, like thinking about joining the middle school ministry leadership team, there's a plug-in, or the young adult leadership team, there's another plug, or the choir, right? Like so many times God has called us or pressed on your heart, hey, you should really do these things. And then you say, you know what? Let me pray about it. But God says, serve each other in love. So what are we praying about, right? Let's go and let's serve it and let's do it and let's encourage each other because the road to the cross is, is marked and riddled with self-denial, right? Because it's a lot easier 
For me, right, I wouldn't have a job, but it's a lot easier for me if I didn't serve in high school or middle school ministry, mainly middle school ministry, right? It would just be a lot easier for me if I didn't. And honestly, some days, I, lo- I love you guys, I really do. Some days, I wake up and I do not, I do not want to go. Like, I really don't. And, and I mean, I go because I don't want to get fired, but I also go because God has called me into that, right? And I remember when I was doing volunteer ministry and I was just spending a lot of time and I was working my 50, 60 hours a week and trying to be a good husband and trying to be a good friend and then also serving my church voluntarily for 15 weeks. It was tough. And it took a lot of self-denial, right? Saying no to watching that show or saying no to other things with your time. Uh, For me recently, as I've shared in youth ministry, uh, for Lent, um, I was sharing with them, I spent too much time watching Netflix. You know, I was laughing with Samuel and I was saying, in my bio on that bulletin, it has the word Netflix in it. So I think that's how you know I have a Netflix problem. And so I have decided to practice this idea of self-denial, and I have not watched any Netflix or Hulu in quite a long time. So congrats to me and focusing in on Jesus. Thank you. Self-denial with our hopes, self-denial with our dreams, I think was, I think which that one's kind of tough, right? Lord, I know um, I want to do these things, but I'm going to lay them down and trust you with them, right? Giving up your whole life as an offering to God. In a culture that tells us consume, 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 it's all about you, 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 Jesus is saying, you are not the point, right? I am the point. Come lay down your life and follow me consistently all throughout Scripture. Taking up your cross is not an option for the follower of Jesus or for the followers of Jesus that want to make a difference, right? Because I say it all the time, God doesn't call us into mediocrity, right, and to just be another Christian, but he calls us for the extraordinary. He calls us to do something great and something that's going to change the world, but we won't ever get to that place unless we practice self-denial of things that may be inherently good for us. All right, stick with me. We're we're gonna get positive in a little bit. So the cost of self-denial or following Jesus is worth it. And you guys must be thinking like, I don't wanna give up my life, my money, my job, my thoughts, my time. I don't wanna do those things. And it is tough, but let me tell you, it's worth it. In Mark chapter eight, verse 35 through 36, it says this. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone gain in exchange for their soul? There is much more gain in following Jesus with suffering than there is walking away from him. Right? And for those who have been in the faith a long time, this makes a lot of sense to you, right? But for those of you who have not been in the faith a long time, you're like, eh, I don't really know, right? Like my life is cushiony and it's happy and it's okay, but is it fulfilling? Is it purposeful when you're laying there late at night and wondering what in the world am I doing on earth, right? When things are tough and you have no one to lean on, like a God who created the universe, right? Things are a little tough. And so for me, I would always say it's a lot more difficult for me to believe that there's not a God than to believe that there is a God. Because when I live in the realm of there is a God, I can lean on him. 
And he loves me. And although he calls me to lay down my life and follow him and seek him, but he says, but in me, in that self-denial, somehow you're actually finding your true self. In that, you're actually finding your true personality and your true humor and your true passions and your true purpose, all in denying yourself and laying down your life to follow Jesus. Isn't that just countercultural, right? No, if you want things, go and get them. But Jesus said, no, if you want things, lay at my feet and, and you will find me and you will find purpose. And I think that's what's beautiful about self-denial is that there's hope, hope of eternal life, right? Hope of a place that when we die, it's going to be a place of no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. That's the hope and the joy that we get to look forward to when this life is difficult, right? And so if you're in that in-between, I encourage you to, to explore that a little bit this week. Find somebody here at the church and talk to somebody. Explore your faith, reasons why. There are so many wonderful people here who want to share that journey with you. And so in Jesus, there is hope, hope that cannot be measured. In Jesus, there is freedom, freedom that is so filled with peace. In Jesus, there is purpose, purpose that is so inspiring. In Jesus, there is life and life abundantly. In Jesus, there is self-denial, but that self-denial brings you into your true Self. And so now we're going to hit on a few steps really quick on what self-denial actually looks like. And so we have about six uh, self-denial points or things that we can start implementing this week as we start our own uh, or as we continue on our faith journeys at home. The first thing is join us in our Lent journey. I don't know how many days we're in, but it's not too late to start, right? And the whole point of Lent is to stop something, to focus in on Jesus, right? Remember where we were, remember what God has called us into, and focus in on him. And as I shared earlier, I have not, I've been Netflix and Hulu free for a while, and it's been great because instead I use my time to focus in and lean on God and, and it's like a camp experience for those of you who have ever been to youth camp. Like I just feel so connected and so close to him and it's wonderful. The second thing is replace things that take up your time and seek Jesus, right? Like, like sit down this week and write down every hour of the day and write in what you're doing. And point out things that are just taking up too much of your time. And instead, make a slot or a date or an appointment, whatever you want to say, with Jesus right in there and keep that, right? Self-denial means our time. Third way is replace inherently good things with loving other people. Sometimes it's okay to say no to good things, right? Like, like Netflix. Like it's okay to say no to good things sometimes. And that's okay, right? To love on other people and to be the church. The fourth thing is read the word and apply the word. I've heard it say, oh, what would you define um, a radical or a really like intense follower of Jesus? And somebody said it like this. I would define an intense follower of Jesus as somebody who reads the Bible and then applies the Bible. Right? Right? Like so often we'll read the Bible, but we're like, oh, that was great. That was encouraging. Like, man, that really wrecked me this week. And then we'll just go on and forget what we were talking about. So like read the Bible and lean in on that. Focus every week. What's the one thing that I can do to lean in on what God has called me? 
The fifth thing is find your convictions and give those to Jesus. So what's great about the church is God has gifted us on many different ways and fashions, just like he's gifted me and he's gifted you, but he's also placed special convictions on me that maybe he didn't put on you, right? We all have the same ones of inviting people, sharing the gospel, making disciples, loving one another, encouraging one another, but some people feel specially, right, um, pumped up or excited about missions. And so if that's you, right, like do those things, right? Discover your convictions and lean in on that. Pray, serve, do whatever you can. Some people feel conviction for a youth ministry, then do that. Or children's ministry, then do that, right? Like find where God has gifted you or called you to start serving and then doing those things. That's self-denial. The next thing, or choir, yes, or choir. That's right, you see her projection? That's why... Uh, choir is important. And the last thing here as the band gets ready to um, continue on with us is ask God to reveal areas in your life in which you can deny yourself. And I think that's most important, right? Find out areas. God, what is it this week that I need to deny? So that way I can lay it down and find true purpose or find true hope. What are those things in which I can deny myself this week? And pray that. And seek God and find out, right? And discover that, but really spend time doing those things. And so there is a cost of self-denial. And it will always require something of us. But if in that self-denial we find Jesus, hope, eternal life, truth, that self-denial is worth it. And so although the road journey to the cross is marked with this self-denial, a drink that's bitter, a cost that's heavy, it's worth it, right? It's worth it. And so if you don't know Jesus or you don't know this cost, I encourage you to talk to somebody about that today. And we're going to read our theme verse as we close off and pray. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Let's all pray together. Lord, I thank you for today and I thank you for who you are and what you've done. I just pray, Lord, that as we practice self-denial this week, Lord, that you would comfort us and be with us and encourage us and shape us to be the people and the men and women that you have called us to be. Help us uh, bring into light our own excuses or reasons not to follow you and help us to honor you. We're grateful that if we lay down our life, we would truly find it in you. And I pray as we continue your kingdom work that we're able to push forward um, and strive forward to be the people that you have called us to be. We're grateful for this time together. In Jesus' name I pray.